We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to Wednesday's NBA DFS podcast. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me is a sniffling, coughing, broken-down man, Ben Miller. Ben, I would ask how you're doing, but I'm I'm pretty certain I know the answer to this question. Yeah, it, it's it's a struggle right now. Um, I think it, I'm blaming this fully on AJ, <laughs> our, our our local CS and hockey hockey guy. He was he was sneezing, coughing all over me the other day. Um, and I, I, I fully blame him. It's not just AJ who, bless his soul, he's he's a fantastic <laughs> hockey podcast person too. Uh, I listen to his stuff when I'm putting in my DFS lineups, uh, but he does a great job with customer service stuff too. It's our whole corner of the customer service RotoWire portion of our office right now. They're they're busy working hard, uh, getting everyone prepared for the baseball season that is just right around the corner. Yeah, yep. as FanDuel would like to tell us. Um, but yeah, like everyone over there is sneezing and coughing and yeah, picking up phones, you know, everyone's picking up the same phone every once in a while. It's just kind of grimy. Yeah, you, know? you guys kind of uh you probably have like the most amount of germ in kind of, like intake <laughs> of anybody in the office just because those four desks are often rotated as well too. Yeah, yeah. So you all could be responsible. I'll put you as on this as well. All responsible for getting the whole place sick. I mean, I might, I might continue the trend for sure. Like you could be the next one. You're in the same. No, room don't right say now. that. I have vacation next week. Don't, 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 don't say that. No, I can't be sick. All right, I take it back. You won't be sick. <laughs> no, that would be horrible. I'm so looking forward to that. So then, I, if the train of command would go, and you, you did in fact get me sick, which is now inevitably going to happen. Right, right. Would I blame? AJ for it? Oh, that's or fully on AJ. Or I blame you, and then you pass that blame to AJ. No, I think it, it all developed with AJ. I don't know what he did. So it's basically all <laughs> AJ's fault. Yes, completely. Every every potential problem that's coming down the road, this is all AJ's fault. Uh, completely. Yeah. Okay. No doubt about it. Well, I guess with that, let's let's go ahead and just actually get to our MBA portion. It's probably, yeah, probably a good call. <laughs> of the MBA podcast. We've had enough talk about being sick and potentially getting sick, and I'm still a little frightened by that now. I'm not going to lie. You should be. Why did you have to put that? Okay, never mind. Never mind. We're, we're moving past it. We're going to be healthy. We're moving past it, Ben. Uh, yeah, so we had uh, a decent slate of games last night. Going over the perfect lineup, we saw John Wall against the Lakers at 10,200. This is, again, perfect lineup from last night's games. D'Angelo Russell joins in that perfect lineup. He was against the Wizards. His price at 6,500. We saw Monta Ellis against the Timberwolves at a 4,400 price. We saw C.J. McCollum against the Nuggets at a 6,900 price. Paul George was against the Timberwolves as well with an 8,600 price tag. Robert Covington against the Nets at 67 for his price tag. Jared Dudley, 
pretty big surprise there, if I have to be honest. In the perfect optimizer from last night, he was against the Hawks, the 36 price tag, uh, 3600 price tag, I should say. His counterpart, Ursan Ilyasova, your boy, uh, against the Suns there at 4800 for his price tag. And then Yusuf Nurkic against the Nuggets at 6700 in what ended up being a revenge game. Any big takeaways from last night's slate of games and kind of the perfect lineup that came together? Yeah, the thing that popped out to me for sure was uh, Nurkic's revenge game over over you know the Nuggets' his old team. Um, I mean, that dude must have really felt disrespected <laughs> from being <laughs> traded or something because he was a beast. 33 points, 16 boards. Um, that was 58 FanDuel points, which is kind of a number you, you typically see from superstars, not necessarily Nurkic. Um, but yeah, as I was looking through his game long, I was actually pretty surprised. I mean, yesterday's performance was um, shouldn't have actually been that surprising. He's played extremely well over the last like two or three weeks. Um, solid numbers throughout the entirety of March. Um, yeah, he's just kind of been under the radar for me a little bit. I kind of missed all these huge games that you that he was having. He's, he's a double double machine. Um, I think he's had over thirty Fanduel points in eight games in the last eight games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and and he really wasn't a surprise to me, and that's more because. The Ringer uh, does an excellent job of covering NBA, and yeah, they've yeah. kind of been on his tail for a little while now, ever since he was traded to the Trailblazers. So we've seen a, a lot of content when it comes to that move, and him in particular. So I kind of knew what was what was happening in that sense. My surprise was that the Trailblazers, and we had discussed this Monday, have kind of vaulted back into the playoff race in the Western Conference, and that is in large part because Nurchit uh, is doing so well yeah, yeah. Uh, for that team. I mean, he's providing so much. I didn't think they, coming into the year, they really needed a center. I thought they were pretty uh, solid depth, at least at that position. And I've been proven wrong, I guess, by by his emergence in this case. You're still able to see C.J. McCollum, who, I mean, was in this uh, daily right, optimized. Right. Yeah, I, he, had a, he had a big he night, put, too. I mean, Lillard's been doing just fine, too, not just early in the season, but still in the month of March. He's been playing very well, too. So we're learning that the Trailblazers' offense can support not just guards for fantasy prospects, but also centers and even power forwards at times, too. Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. They, they don't necessarily have the bodies at power forward, but I think, I think you're right, though, that that offense can, can fit if, if they do pick up um, someone other than Ed Davis and well, Von Noah Von actually been, and, No, he's actually been doing all right in, at times. He's been getting a few more minutes, and they really haven't, I, don't, I think, and I, I stand up for him because I liked him as a player when he came out, and I still am kind of hoping that he'll be better than what he is now. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's been getting minutes in not so much crunch time roles, but enough where he's a piece of yeah. their team. And that's encouraging to see with them still trying to fight for a spot in the Western Conference to see that they're not just experimenting with him, but that they're using him in certain times. So yeah, that's no, what I like about that. No, I completely agree. For me, it's more that more the fact that Mason Plumlee was probably just not the right fit, and Nurkic yeah. is just a 10 times better fit, especially with those two guards that are able Didn't to Didn't you think Nurkic was the better player, though? I, I was surprised, other than picking up the first-round pick, which made sense in the Nuggets' path because they weren't really going to be able to find time for Nurkic and Jokic. Right, and right. they tried that early in the year, and it didn't work. Yeah, they tried playing them next to each other. Yeah, you're it right. It just didn't work. So, I, I mean, now looking at this and looking at how good Nurkic has been for the Trailblazers, I feel it's probably too soon, but I almost wonder if the Trailblazers won that by giving up what will probably amount to be a mid-lottery, uh, not mid-lottery, but like late-lottery pick or even like an 18 or 19 first-round pick. I, at the time when we had discussed it, we were like, okay, Nuggets getting a first-round pick is a good deal. Right, yeah, or unloading Nurkic, who wasn't going to play anyway, right. so why not? Yeah, But maybe now it's that well, the Trailblazers could have won because they have now found a piece of their team. I think that's pretty easy to say. Oh, for sure. No, I completely agree. And if he continues to play the way he has, I think you could definitely say the Trailblazers won that. I didn't really take away much else from that optimizer, I'll be honest. I thought it was kind of just a fluky thing altogether. We've we've talked about like the Tuesday and Sunday, we, we examine these lineups, especially when they're smaller slates, um, and, and we see different strategies here. But there was, what, only only one 10,000 guy in there and really only three guys over 8,000 in this lineup? That's that's a little surprising to me. And then we saw someone like Jared Dudley sneak in there. Um, Monta Ellis really has not been a big part of that. Now, that's part, partly because they don't play on Sundays and Tuesdays all that often. But still, I, I just uh, it was just a weird lineup, and I don't really take much away from it. It, it kind of seemed like it was all lower-level consistency sake for that. And the fact that it was a total 423 is the highest score it kind of tells me that it's just a, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't, yeah, was, I, I don't have takeaways from it. It was almost like entirety 6,500 and down. Like it was, yeah. it was so weird. I've never um, seen that. Right. I, I mean, think maybe John Wall and Paul George are the only two high-priced guys. So, I, I, yeah, I guess it was just 
a weird slate. Right. That's maybe the takeaway is that there is no takeaway. <laughs> you always look at the positives of this, Ben. That's how we do this. <laughs> Very true. Okay, we have a 10-game slate for Wednesday. Um, a bit of a, nor- a bit of a move from our norm, I should say. Um, we've been doing a lot of six, seven games, especially late in the season here. But a 10-game slate that sees the Thunder and Magic start everything off at 7 o'clock Eastern time, followed by the Hawks and 76ers at 7 o'clock Eastern time, Bucks celtics 7.30 Eastern time, Heat-Knicks, 7.30 Eastern time, Hornets-Raptors, 7.30 Eastern time. Then we have the Pacers and Grizzlies, 8 o'clock Eastern time, Mavs-Pelicans, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And then we all jump all the way to what will probably be the primetime matchup, Warriors and Spurs, 9.30 Eastern Time, Jazz Kings, 10.30 Eastern Time, and then Wizards Clippers round out the 10-game slate with a 10.30 Eastern Time. Before we get to some of the injuries, though, let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsors, FanDuel. I did allude to their baseball level a little bit earlier on the podcast, but baseball is, in fact, just around the corner. We are less than a week away, and I'm I'm pretty damn excited, if I have to be honest about this. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't get started on first base without a RotoWire subscription, and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire to claim the prize. Must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. Okay, baseball season's now over with. There you go, Ben. And we're back to NBA season. <laughs> that is what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about some of the injuries for tonight's 10-game slate. Thunder and Magic, really not not too big injury notes. Uh, Jeff Green will be out. He's missed. He will not miss his fourth straight game with a back injury. Moving over to the Hawks and 76ers, we know that Paul Millsap will be out. He had non-surgical procedure on that injured knee that's been really bothering him, and he's expected to miss a few more games. Honestly, it might mean that they could keep him out even close to the start of the postseason because what do the Hawks really need? They're fighting. We talked about that. They're fighting for the fifth, sixth, seventh seed, but there's no chance of them getting a home game. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a sketchy situation because it's your best player. You don't want to re-aggravate it and then have him, you know, not play at all throughout the the, the postseason. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think they'll try and get him back for at least three or four games right before the postseason. Just get a warm up, a tune up yeah, kind of thing. Get his legs back under him and everything like that. Yeah, that's um, so I could true. see him, yeah, missing maybe. Four, four more games or so, and then getting back for that last little stretch. Well, that means that Ursan Ilyasova will again get the start at power forward for the Hawks. He's still priced under 5000 which is really great value for a guy that's getting 30 minutes, and we know that can do pretty well for FanDuel-wise. I have to wonder if that might not have been one of the most shrewd trades, mid-season trades, I guess not, not ever, obviously, but this season. Um, I don't think the Hawks were anticipating that they'd lose Millsap, but there had to have been some concern that they went out and acquired a proved, uh, proven veteran to fill that role, and he's done really well. Yeah, I can't even think of who they have in place of him right now anyway. they probably have to go a little even smaller at. Do they still have Mike Scott on the team? Like, I mean, that's where I, what the Hawks are at. I just don't, I don't know what they would have done without yeah, Ersan Ilyasova. Yeah, I agree. That was probably a pretty huge move. I mean, Ilyasova, he was starting for the Sixers, so he's a starting yeah. you know, caliber player. So they didn't was, have to give up much. I don't even think they gave up a first rounder for it. I don't think. I don't think so either. I, I can't. F- I can't exactly quite remember, remember either. No, I don't. <laughs> we should know, but we well, yeah, yeah. But besides that, we're not going to acknowledge that too much. Ben. Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think they gave up too much, and I think that that's kind of that's a, a difference maker. Maybe in the Eastern Conference as a whole, what would the Hawks have been like if Ilyasova was not, in fact, playing at all? They yeah, they could have very well just fallen straight out of the playoffs for sure. I don't know about playoffs entirely, but the fact that they're still hanging around um, the fifth, sixth seed, I think, has to be at least in part because of the yeah. Ilyasova move, right? Yeah. I, th- I think you're right. It, yeah. the, if they if they didn't have that proven guy at that four, uh, I don't think it would look very good. I, I like the coach for the Hawks. So I can't really you know question what was going on, but they have a lot of other things to deal with right now. Just besides the Paul Millsap injury, we know that Tablas of Alosha will be out with a groin injury. He missed the last two games, so count at three. That means that Tareen Prince is going to get the start. That's Tashawn's son. I don't even. I, I, I have no idea relation to to Sean Prince. Like that's where I didn't even know. I wanted to kind of look that up beforehand, and we just never had a chance to. Uh, do you know much about Tareem Prince? I pretty didn't he go to like Florida or something like that? You know more than me. <laughs> You're more of a college guy than I am. I, I respect your basketball knowledge when it comes to that. I, I just uh, I'm interested to kind of see what Tareem Prince will bring to the Hawks. We saw it a little bit in the last game, uh, but. The, He's not been a huge DFS asset at this point. Oh, he went to, uh, looks like he went to Baylor. Wow, that was a little different yeah, than I what was, you were suggesting. I, was, I'm thinking, I might be thinking of, 
Torian Green or something like that. I think yeah, those guys have one. different names yeah, too. Yeah, very, very ben. true. And he was like smaller <laughs> and a guard. <laughs> so I was pretty far off. Um, that's for sure. But uh, no, siblings here. He's not a sibling. That's for sure. Not a, not a parent. Uh, good old Wikipedia has cleared that. Okay. So, so, I mean, maybe some relation, but no, no direct. I really kind of wanted to be Tayshawn Prince's son that just magically sprouted into the NBA. <laughs> Without like really, drawing a huge. Yeah, that would have, that, that we would have probably had, not maybe a red flag on that, but we would have probably had said something <laughs> about Tayshawn Prince's son being in the NBA yeah. at some point. Oh, for sure. All right. So no relation to Tayshawn Prince. Good to know. Tareen Prince, though, will be getting the start in place of Cephalosha. We know that Kent Basemore will play. And in fact, if they probably didn't have Elias so I could have seen a small ball lineup with Cephalosha and Bazemore. Thankfully, that's not the case. Bazemore will play. He has missed the last couple of games in the knee injury. Probably less minutes for Prince and Hardaway, but I don't know how much they really want to tax Bazemore at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been out for like a week and a half. So that's that's I'd consider that an extended absence. And a lot of times NBA teams don't really want to bring a guy back on a full workload. Yeah. So I think you're right. He could, he could be limited there. On the 76ers side, we know Jaleel Okafor is a game time decision. He's missed the last four games. Uh with that knee injury, Rashawn Holmes could again potentially get a start. He's kind of priced accordingly at this point where I don't find too much value in playing him, especially when he can be erratic at times. Sergio Rodriguez, however, will be out. He's missed at least a week uh, with his hamstring injury. That definitely frees up more time for TJ McConnell, who yep. at 5500 is pretty aptly priced for a point guard that you could try to to make a move with I think yeah McConnell's played pretty well and he's a little inconsistent but if there's no guy backing him up he's, he's gonna have at least 30 35 plus minutes there so I think that could could definitely be an option for tonight going over to the Bucks and Celtics we know John Henson is going to be out with a thumb injury that means more time for Greg Monroe likely off the bench but still and then even Thon Maker could see a bit more of additional minutes Thon obviously has been getting the start at center but plays pretty sparingly this could be a situation where Thon Maker sees uh, instead of his 15 to 20 minutes maybe 20 to 25 especially against the Celtics team that uh, with Al Horford obviously is big but has enough different pieces around that could experiment when their lineup is going on uh, we have Michael Beasley as a game-time decision. He did go through shoot-around yesterday, coming off that knee injury that he's caused him to miss like the last month, it almost feels like. But we're probably not expecting him to play, and even if he does, I wouldn't expect it to be enough for DFS considerations. Then finally, Jonas Repko will be a game-time decision with a knee injury. He was pulled from practice yesterday with the injury. Uh, Repko also goes down as one of the most prominent basketball players in the esports scene. Did you know that? That I did not yes. know. Yes. Okay. He, he owns a pretty notable franchise, um, the Renegades, actually. And uh, he's a pretty well-known guy around the scene. Who did we talk about? Jeremy, Jeremy Lin. Lin. Yeah, Jeremy Lin. Yeah, so Rebko and Jeremy Lin are okay. two of the big eSport names in the NBA world. Besides, like, the Warriors who have put down millions of dollars in esports already but that's that's the owner not so much the players yeah that yeah. was just a smart investment yeah that's exactly <laughs> right the heat and knicks we have the usual suspect from the heat uh justice winslow chris bosh mcroberts all gonna be out Dion waiters is out after uh, an ankle injury he did have an mri on it he is it came back negative so obviously it's not too serious that being said we're not expecting him back anytime soon so maybe more minutes for other guards out there for the heat yeah, Josh Richardson's a guy that started for him. I mean, there could be some more for Dragic, more maybe Wayne Ellington or something like that. Mm, yeah, true. Uh, I think Richardson's probably going to have the you know the most minutes to gain from from the waiter's absence. And we're kind of past most of the Chris Tapps Porzingis injury, and Carmelo Anthony obviously was able to play Monday despite us vehemently suggesting he would not be playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had to kind of bite the bullet on that one. Lance Thomas will be the only notable injury for the Knicks. He is a game-time decision with a hip injury, and he's missed the last three games. Over to the Hornets and Raptors, Johnny O'Brien is a game-time decision. This ankle injury, not really DFS guy. Ramon Sessions, huge Bucks guy, uh, but not really a big DFS guy at this point. Knee injury as well. He's a game-time decision. And then Bellinelli for the the Hornets is also a game-time decision with an eye injury. On the flip side of that, we really have DeMar Carroll is a game-time decision with his back injury. That means P.J. Tucker will um, be able to get the start if he does, in fact, not. Uh, in fact, Carroll is not playing, but it's looking more and more like that Carroll will actually get those minutes. So P.J. Tucker back to the bench? Yeah, I'd say I think um, Carroll's more probable at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think Tucker's going to head to the bench, and Carroll will probably get the majority of those those small forward minutes. So the, the reign of P.J. Tucker is a mid-4,000 priced option seems to be done with it yeah, seems like yep yes. i completely agree pacers and grizzlies now this one 
couple of big injuries here to note, and I think could be a big impact on DFS lineups here. Glenn Robinson is not one of those guys. Uh, he's <laughs> out with a calf injury. He's missed at least the last week with that injury. Al Jefferson also, he's been an injury concern. It feels like all year we've been doing these podcasts. Out with an ankle injury. He's missed the last two weeks, or will miss the next two weeks, I'm sorry. Mark Gasol, however, is the big news here. He is out with the foot injury. He has missed the last two games. We had talked about it on Monday, and we didn't really know whether or not he would be gone. We do know now, and that means Zach Randolph gets to start in his place. What do you think about a Zach Randolph play at near 5,500 Bryce? I think that's that's fairly cheap, you know, for a guy that's going to get 30 minutes starting. Um, I think we I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but Jamichael Green looks like he's dealing with something as well. So that's another body in the front court that's kind of hurting. So I think Randall could be a uh, Randolph. Sorry, not Randall. Um, Randolph could be in for a, a pretty big workload, and he's played really well the last two games, 39 and 28 Fanduel points. So um, he's putting up some numbers. I think that's very valid for for that salary. And we've talked on this podcast before how the Pacers are sneakily not very good at defending a variety positions now power forward actually is not one of them i think they rank middle of pack or at least they have throughout the season at that spot that being said a guy like zach randolph who we know is a known scorer just wasn't getting the minutes well now he's getting the minutes i think he's a guy you absolutely have to have in your dfs lineup maybe not uh 50 ownage rate and double up kind of format i don't think that level uh because he's been priced accordingly i would say yeah, yeah but i would i would be stunned if he doesn't get 25 fandle points which would be five times his value at his price so yeah i i like randolph a lot tonight and especially because jim michael green could miss the game with a shoulder injury the mavericks and pelicans will be kicking off tonight and we saw that seth curry is a game time decision he missed monday's game with the shoulder injury yogi ferrell got the start then but it might be that he's gonna have to go back to the bench because uh seth curry in fact did practice and shoot around today I think if if Curry didn't play Wednesday, I would have probably liked to go with Farrell, especially because the Pelicans just aren't that great defensively. But regardless of what point guard suits up for the Mavericks tonight, I'm really not in the business of using Drew Holiday tonight. No, yeah, I'm, I'm out on Drew Holiday. I think you're right. If if Curry did randomly just sit out, Farrell's a guy that that's an option. Forty six hundred. You know, when he started in the past, he's had some pretty big games. Um, so that that's an option. But yeah, I'm, I'm probably avoiding Drew Holiday. I think we talked about the Mavericks are pretty darn good at yeah defending the point guard position. So. Um, yeah, probably avoiding that that situation. On the flip side, we see Solomon Hill will be a questionable with a foot injury. He's not really a DFS guy, but that could open some interesting lineups up for the Pelicans if, in fact, Hill is ruled out. However, a big DFS guy and really just an NBA guy in general, DeMarcus Cousins is a game-time decision. He's missed the last two games with that ankle injury. If he misses time, that means more starts for Dante Cunningham, who, again, listed as a small forward on FanDuel, but is, in fact, a power forward option. And he's done all right for FanDuel purposes the last two games. But I think that's a bigger deal for Anthony Davis, who's really exploded when DeMarcus Cousins has sat out. So uh, Anthony Davis sitting at 11700 for his price tag. That's a bigger deal to me if DeMarcus Cousins is, in fact, out for a third straight game. Yeah, I completely agree. Davis's usage will go way up without Cousins in there, so that's that's something that should boost his value you know, twofold easily. Um, with Cunningham, like you said, he's, he's a guy that can get you 20s. He's pretty limited overall. Um, but, yeah, if you're trying to stuff you know, Westbrook in there, um, he's, he's an option that's, I think, at a, a completely minimum contract. So, yeah. So, yeah, if DeMarcus doesn't play, I think Cunningham could maybe be an option, but you're right that Davis is the more... You know, obviously the more attractive option, but it may benefit even more than what he would. No, I know what you're saying. Over to the Warriors and Spurs, for a big marquee matchup, really not a lot of injuries to note. Obviously, Kevin Durant is still out with that knee injury. He is getting close to return, however, so that's good news for the Warriors' playoff prospects. In the meantime, we know that James McAdoo is a game-time decision. He's been filling in at times for Kevin Durant. That head injury could open the door for more minutes for Andre Iguodala if, in fact, McAdoo is ruled out, but that seems to be a pretty progressive move for the Warriors that might not want to show their hand to the Spurs in this kind of matchup, at least late in the season. Yeah, yeah. And then DeHonte Murray for the Spurs will be out again with that groin injury. So again, not too many newsworthy injuries to note for that Warriors-Spurs matchup. Enjoy it so long as they actually play all their starters. <laughs> right, yeah. You never know with, with Popovich especially. <laughs> that half that be, roster is going to be sitting out. That would be a popovich thing, though. It's it's a 10.30 Eastern time tip-off, so there's no way in heck that we're going to be able to change our lineups to fit that accordingly if, in fact, somebody were to be taken out. Yeah, and honestly, that might be something to consider. Like, take that into consideration for sure because... Popovich, especially in this game where you, yeah, it's a it's a team you could potentially play in the Western Conference Finals. So, do yeah. you really want to tip your hand? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, well, and I think that goes both ways for the for the Warriors. Though. Yeah, I, true. I know they're hot right now, and you don't really want to wreck that chemistry. So that's why I'm not suggesting it will happen. But you look at a guy like 
Andre Iguodala, who I just said could get more playing time, it could go the complete other way. Right. And they just decide not to play him at all. Right, exactly. And they might decide not to play Steph Curry, and they might play no playing Clay Thompson. I mean, this is this is kind of the NBA that we're living in today, that we don't know for certain these big-time matchups close to playoff time if we're going to see these guys. Yeah, and it just it's the worst part of it is obviously that it's the, it's the 9.30 game or 10.30 Eastern game, so there's no, no chance in hell we'll, we'll get that before right. lineup lock. Over to the Jazz and Kings, Derek Favors obviously will be out with a knee injury. Alec Burke is a game-time decision. He sat up Monday's game with a personal issue. Gordon Hayward is a bigger deal. He sat up Monday's game uh, with a quad injury. That could mean more minutes again for Joe Ingles and Joe Johnson if, in fact, Hayward misses another game. And then finally, on the Kings side, Aaron Aflalo is a game-time decision with that personal injury. I, I, I think that the, the biggest news here is Gordon Hayward. Yeah. We still haven't really figured out who gets more uh, benefit out of that, Joe Ingles or Joe Johnson with that injury i honestly think that both do but this might be one of those games where there there isn't enough value to use either one of them yeah i I don't i don't like that situation i really don't it's just too murky to to tell who's who's taking those and even when they get like big minutes joe Ingles hasn't necessarily been that you know that beneficial of a play and either with johnson so i'm I'm probably trying to steer away from that if if possible those would both be plays that if you were trying to get Westbrook in and then somebody else again, Westbrook right, right. is the highest priced player for today for today's ten game slate at thirteen thousand one hundred. If you wanted to get a Westbrook in, you might have to put in a Joe Ingles or Joe Johnson in case that or in that case you need to watch that Gordon Hayward injury. But otherwise, yeah. I, I don't against the Kings. I'm just not using that one. I think that's probably a lower scoring game just in total. Yeah, lower scoring. A lot of you know uncertainties worth for who's getting the playing time, everything like that. So yeah, I completely agree. That's that's situation to avoid. Last game on the 10-game slate, Wizards and Clippers. J.J. Redick, really the only injury to note. However, it's a bigger one because that could mean Austin Rivers does get the start if Redick, who missed Sunday's game with an ankle injury, misses another game. Austin Rivers, another point guard option that will be playing a shooting guard role, but he's at 4200 for his price tag. I like Austin Rivers as a play to use, despite the fact that the Wizards have a pretty good defense at that number two spot. I think he's not bad considering his value. Yeah, I remember Rivers being up at like 5,400 when Chris Paul was out. Um, and, you know, Rivers obviously is not going to get as big as a, as big of a boost. Um, you know, since Paul's still in there, he's their, their usage is much higher than Rivers. But, um, yeah, I think there's he's already proven he can he can play pretty well with starters minutes. So I think that's a, that's a valid play, especially for that price. Normally, we move over to our Would You Rather question of the podcast. Unfortunately, I think injuries have kind of settled themselves out, so my Would You Rather question was tampered a little bit to that. So I want to know, Ben, what is your best value play of the night in your mind? Yeah, for me, it's Ursan Ilyasova. He's at 4,800. Um, you know, when he was first pushed into the starting lineup in place of Mills, he kind of struggled a bit. Um, but now that he's had time to kind of get into a rhythm and, you know, he, it looks like he's working pretty well with that starting five. You know, he's starting to produce. He's put up back-to-back games over 30 FanDuel points. Um, so without Millsap, without Cephalosha, he's going to be in line, you know, in line for another healthy workload. Um, I think that's a fantastic price, still under 5000 um, So I'm jumping on that for sure. And I think that's probably one of the better, you know, uh, value plays on the night. I don't. I, I get it. I get that Ursan Ilyasova is a, a value play, and at forty eight hundred, I agree with that statement too. But I don't think I'm trying to find an analogy here in my head, the, <laughs> and it just isn't working right. I don't think he's like that valuable. I, I he he's like when you have a, a store mark up the price higher than it needs to be, and then already put it on sale. Like we already know that Ursan Ilyasova is the guy to use if you're looking to pay down at the power forward spot at forty eight hundred. I mean, that's nothing new. However, I really think that Robert Covington is the value play again tonight at 6,700 against a Hawks team that just struggles. And they have struggled all year to defend that three spot, that small forward spot. I think this is as automatic it gets. I think Covington probably would have earned the the role of Marvin Williams' lock of the night if Covington hasn't <laughs> at times been placed like around that 7,000 or 800 price tag. Uh, he's he's went up considerably now he's went down as the 76ers have started to stink a little bit more that being said this is about as fantastic a matchup as you can get you would already allude to the fact that the spurs could we don't know if they will but could maybe sit a guy like Kawhi leonard in this primetime matchup there really aren't that many great small forward options available high or low priced for you to feel comfortable using covington as as about big of a lock as you can get in my mind I honestly completely agree with you. I really struggled with the small forward position. I remember uh, I was I was going through my lineup. That was kind of the last position I was looking through, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is ugly." Like, there's not a lot of good cheaper options there at all. So I think uh, Covington's actually really solid. And you mentioned that his price has dropped about 
400, 500 mm-hmm. from where he was, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. So I think that's, I agree, great value. That's a guy I'm completely, completely considering. There's two guys that ended up being automatic plays in every lineup I put together. Covington was one of them. We'll get to the other one a little bit later in the podcast itself. But I have a hard time finding a player that could be more valuable in today's slate of games than Robert Covington. We saw him on the optimizer last night for the, the best lineup. I, I have just a hard time believing he won't get at least close to that value again tonight. Now, it could be that you can't find anybody, or like there, there's just other people that do better value-wise. I In a 10-game slate, I just have a feeling Covington's the guy to go with. Yeah, and it's not even that he's just hot right now. It's the matchup as well. Right. So you, you hit that on the head. It's That's a perfect matchup for a guy that just kind of found his stroke you know, the, in the last game. So I, I love it. Well, before we get to the RotoWire Optimizer and our lineups for Wednesday's 10-game slate, let's first go ahead and get a word from Pristine Auctions. I've been talking a long time now about my love for autographs. This is nothing new to the, the long-time listeners of the show, but Pristine Auctions makes it super easy to get my autograph fix. Uh, you are now the proud owner of a Frank Kaminsky autograph picture. I got picture. hooked up. Yes, you yep, did. Yep. By me, not by Pristine. True. but It was by Joe. <laughs> <laughs> by me. And that Kaminsky picture turned out great. I love yeah. the jersey that I got from them as well. The Pristine Auction Frank Kaminsky jersey. It, they just make it so easy to get these items. You can bid on them and you don't have to pay for it until you actually win the item itself. There are daily auctions. There's weekly auctions. I've been following Andrew Luck autograph memorabilia for the last six days now. Today's the day it ends, but there's still like four or five different autograph helmets that are under $30 that I cannot wait to start bidding up and finally getting in my collection. Yeah, and you got that certificate of authenticity too. Oh, so it's great. Everything, yes. everything is, you know, you know it's real, you know it's it's what you're looking for. Well, the best part about Pristine Auctions is they sometimes have these kind of unique um, memorabilia items, and I'm thinking specifically, I was clicking around, I love Alan Iverson as a player, maybe not as a person, but as a player, he's one of my favorite guys <laughs> practice? ever. Practice? We talk about practice. No, Alan Iverson, uh, one of my favorite players. They actually have this cool uh, autographed board of from the 76ers court itself. So Alan Iverson's autographed this court board from the 76ers, and then there's like a kind of cool picture place around it. I mean, this kind of thing would go for over $100, I think, in different places, and you can bid on it right now for $20. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Unbelievable deal. Go to Pristine Auctions, P-R-I-S-T-I-N Auctions, and let, you, let them know that RotoWire sent you. Let's go ahead and get to the RotoWire Optimizer portion of the podcast. It's a very interesting lineup. I, I can't really say it's bad. I mean, I've knocked the uh, the RotoWire Optimized lineups in the past. Can't say this one's bad, but we'll kind of go ahead and get to it now. Russell Westbrook is, in fact, in the RotoWire Optimizer lineup. Him and that $13,100 price tag against the Magic, however, and that could be why. I mean, the Magic really struggled defensively against point guards, and it's tough to ignore his production as of late. TJ McConnell, who I alluded to earlier, is also in the RotoWire Optimizer lineup going against the Hawks. Hawks struggle kind of sneakily against that point guard spot at 5,500. That's not bad value for his price. Giannis Antetokounmpo is also into the uh, RotoWire Optimizer lineup against the Celtics at 10,300. I think the Optimizer lineup, as like myself, had a really hard time figuring out that shooting guard spot, so it's kind of pretty easy to go with Giannis in that situation. Wesley Matthews covers the other side of that against the Pelicans at 4,600. At small four, we see Harrison Barnes, who is always a lock in my lineup, especially double-ups, because he can always score. We have that floor that we know. He's going against the Pelicans at 5,400. And then Tareem Prince, who is definitely not related to Tayshaun Prince, <laughs> uh, he's going against the 76ers and probably will be getting the start at 3,800. That's not bad value. Aaron Gordon, the eternal love for Aaron Gordon and the optimizer continues. He's going against the Thunder at 5,100 for the power forward spot. And the other one is the guy you mentioned, Ursan Ilyasova, against the 76ers for your best value. His price at 4,800 definitely seems to reflect that. And finally, my other guy that I really liked in my lineups, I was putting together Dwight Howard against the immortally bad defending center's 76er team at 7,200 for his price tag. There's a lot to chew on that whole lineup. But what are your overall thoughts on this? Well, first off, I think that's that's the first time you've ever gone for Giannis's last name there. I was, that was... I tried. That was, I, I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen you go for it. I feel like we had to at some point. <laughs> We've been doing these podcasts long enough. For sure. <laughs> so that was, that was definitely my first thought <laughs> before anything else. Um, but yeah, I, I will admit, I did try and get Russell uh, Westbrook in my lineup. Um, but I, I could not get the right combo and, and ditch the plan eventually. Uh, I will say the optimizer did a way, way better job than I was doing. Um, and I, I think this lineup <laughs> is actually extremely solid. I do too. Yeah. Um, uh, with Prince, you know, Tayshon's long lost cousin. Um, <laughs> the fact that Bazemore is back and that, that worries me a little bit that he's going to take up some of those minutes. Maybe Hardaway sees more time at small forward or something like that. Um, that worries me a little bit. So I think 
that that could mess up the lineup a little bit if you if you don't use him. There's not a lot of other cheap value plays at that small forward spot. Um, but in general, I think the optimizer did an extremely good job finding you know cheaper guys with with decent upside. I was I was impressed. I mean, I have a hard time finding ways to get Russell Westbrook in my lineup when he's twelve thousand. Yeah, yeah, he's now thirteen thousand one hundred, and the optimizer not only got him in there but also Giannis. Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't really didn't really hurt other areas no, of it no. either. That was the stunning part to me. It got Dwight Howard in there, who I love and has been an absolute put in all my lineups because I've done both a tournament one and a double up one. I've had Dwight Howard and Covington in both of them. The only concern I wish is that they could have got a guy like Robert Covington in there, but I can't really knock a person like Harrison Barnes, $1,300 cheaper than Covington, who can still get around that 30-point mark pretty easily. It's, yeah, not, it's yeah. not hard to imagine a situation where he does that. I, I don't know. I, besides the Prince one, I think that's where you have to make that play. Like, uh, right. You, you have two 10,000 price guys in your 10-game slate. It's going to happen. There's gonna I, be, yeah, there's going to be a player like this that. This lineup is as close to as a lock if you want to just submit something, as we have talked about ever, I think, in these podcasts. I agree. It's probably my favorite lineup I've ever seen, for sure. This is is pretty good. So while I I am not in a position to use Russell Westbrook in my lineups, this is probably the best you're going to get with a Russell Westbrook in there, in my mind, at least. I No, completely agree. That's that's a solid lineup. I mean, obviously, you'd like to differentiate from what the optimizer is giving, um, but still, like, this this is a really solid lineup. Let's go ahead and break down your lineup here. Um, we know how much you love Russell Westbrook. Is he going to be in your lineup, though, tonight? Unfortunately, I couldn't get him in there. Uh, You're hurting him right I, now. <laughs> I know. Like, if he heard this. <laughs> yes. I, I'd He'd be, be disappointed in you. He should be. Um, <laughs> but, no, I had, I've got Goran Dragic uh, going up against the Knicks at 7,500. Um, and another guy we talked about, TJ McConnell, uh, going up against the Hawks for 5,500. Um, with Drogic, he's been one of the most consistent players all season. Um, I think he's he's kind of had a lack of scoring the last three games, but that really doesn't worry me because of the consistency he's had previously. You know, if anything, all that did was drive his price down maybe like two hundred, three hundred dollars. So that's nice. You know, he's one of those guys that you can pretty much always rely on for thirty Fanduel points. Um, but his ceiling is in the mid forties, so there's some give and take there. Um, but I, I still think that's that's a great great play. I love the price there. And then McConnell, we kind of talked about it yeah. already, so I won't say too much. His assists and steals numbers have been fantastic. His scoring hasn't been as great as you'd like, but when you're going up against the Hawks, I think that's a team like we mentioned isn't the best at defending the point guard. Not side. at all. I think that could provide a nice opportunity for for his scoring numbers to boost and you know kind of boost his overall um, you know Fanduel output. I have a feeling our lineups are probably going to be pretty similar when we're putting these things together, but I will say that if in fact um, if in fact we know JJ Redick will be ruled out again, pretty tough. That's the ten thirty Eastern time tip yeah, off. It's yeah. going to be tough to to really put that together. But if we knew for certain, and we had Austin Rivers in there at forty two hundred, he's the way that you can go instead of getting Prince. Uh, in that optimizer lineup, maybe you take up McConnell, you put in Rivers, and then you figure out a different option at small forward. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe you could find a way to get Covington in there. I'm not positive, but that's probably the the best route to go in that situation. Or you take Giannis out and put Demar Derozan in. That being said, I didn't do either of those things. I didn't have Russell Westbrook in my lineup. I am also going with Goran Dragic uh, against the Knicks at 7500. That's that's a, and you missed the biggest part for me is that the Knicks is his opponent, and the Knicks True. struggled yeah. horribly at covering that point guard spot. So I love Drogic, especially when the Heat are still fighting for a spot in the Eastern Conference. We talked about that on Monday. And no waiters to take up shots. Like, that's more shots for Drogic. He's for sure. got he's got to lead the team. He's got to lead the team in, in multiple areas, not the scoring, but assists and maybe even rebounding kind of situation. I think that this is a fantastic matchup for a 7,500 guy. Uh, Drogic is fantastic. And then I didn't go with McConnell. I actually went with the counterpart to that matchup, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder's been pretty hot and cold, um, but he's more hot lately, honestly. And that's his price reflects that. 7200 is probably one of the more expensive times that Schroeder has been in FanDuel, at least. That being said, I'm not really scared off by the price. I like him quite a bit against the 76ers, who have struggled all year to stop the point guard. That's nothing new. Um, I, I think that he might in fact, get a lot of ownage because of that. It's kind of like the default option. Oh, who are the 76ers? You know? <laughs> right. So I think that it's kind of a cheap out a little bit. I would I would rather go with someone like Austin Rivers or even TJ McConnell if I'm trying to do a Russell Westbrook lineup. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm looking for tonight. So yeah, I, I like Schroeder in this sense. Yeah, I don't really have a complaint there. Like you said, he's been a little iffy. I, I wish he was a little little cheaper, um, but it's still a guy that can perform pretty well. So um, I'm, I'm not too too much against that. Here's probably the part in our lineups where we'll differ the most. Who do you have at your shooting guard lineup tonight? 
So I'm going Greek freak, Giannis. I'm not. I'm not going. You're for not going like to you try to do that. <laughs> you, That's right. I did it once. You I staged again. me up. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't hit that. That's right. uh, and then also Demar Derozan. So those are my two highest price guys. Uh, you know, with with Giannis, I was a little worried about the matchup originally against against the you know the, the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. Um, the top seeded Celtics, I should say. That's over, true. Over I didn't even think of. We didn't even talk um, about that. Yeah, the top seeded Celtics. There yeah. we go. Yeah, but I mean, the more that I think about it. It's it's a prime time matchup. This is the Bucks are still fighting for that playoff race. Giannis is going to show up in full force. So um, I think he's had two sixty Fanduel point games in his last four. He's he's playing well. Um, and since I'm not going with Westbrook, I think Giannis fits in my lineup pretty well that way. Um, and then DeRozan, he's probably one of the best matchups for higher price guys. Um, for probably the first guy that caught my eye tonight, to be honest, if, if when I was looking at the slate. Um, only 9200 not like extremely expensive but not cheap so that that's solid but with no Lowry you know back in the lineup yet he's he's getting easily double digit shots up near the 20s almost every single game um, I think like four games ago he had like 38 <laughs> shots or something it was like a nuts it was crazy um, but he's gonna get his shots I, I think he's a great play I think that DeRozan's absolutely the best play at shooting guard tonight I'm not scared off so much about the Giannis thing there are very few times where I'm scared off by matchups I think the Jazz in particular is one that I'll try to steer clear of if I can I just think the Celtics are really well coached yeah they're really well coached and they know what they're doing to stop a individual player uh besides I guess LeBron because right you know <laughs> exactly but he's yeah. he's a different person I think so I think they'll probably have a game plan in place for Giannis and that's why I'm not as high on him as you that being said 10,300 that's not that bad of a price for an elite shooting guard option who can give you cross category production every single night and has had 60 point games in the past like that's and not so distant past either so I, I I'm fine with that and I actually like that you're able to couple both those guys together that being said I just went with the Rosen obviously going against the Hornets we talked about him and my other shooting guard options Tim Hardaway he's kind of a fallback I feel at times when I have nothing else to do, well, at least I know this guy can score a lot of points. Kind of like the Harrison Barnes of shooting guards. That's a Tim Hardaway is to me. I know that they have a few of their guys back now. That doesn't really scare me off, though. He's got to score, especially with Millsap out. They have to score somehow, and I think Hardaway is a pretty easy way to do that for them. Hardaway is definitely a guy that I always fall back. I love him. It's, I mean, Bazemore, you're right. He's back. Hopefully his minutes are limited a little bit for, for right. Hardaway's value. But yeah, he's definitely a guy that's always in that mid-5,000s but can easily drop 40 um, 40 FanDuel points on any given night. So I I love Hardaway. I love his price almost always. I'm surprised it's not even more at this point. I kind of am too. Yeah. I, he feels like he hasn't quite been priced appropriately. And probably the most okay consistency is what it is. He's yeah. just not as consistent. Um, but he, yeah, he's, he's got a pretty high upside for for that price. $600 shouldn't make a difference. But if Hardaway were to be priced at 6500 today instead of 5900 I would not have put him on a lineup. No. I would have found something else. It, it shouldn't make that much of a difference, but that's... I think it's consistency. I wouldn't want a guy that can get 15 points one night and get 40 the other night when I'm paying 6,500. But for 5,900, I feel okay about it. Yeah, a lot of those like mid, you know, mid 5,000s, upper 4,000s are always those inconsistent guys. Not not all of them, but there's there's a good chunk right. of players like the Ilyasovas, the um, Marcus Morris type of guys that are really inconsistent but have pretty decently high ceilings. So that's I, that a lot of times that's where I look to to try and get some higher guys in is sneak in those those mid to low 5,000 guys. Well, another guy that kind of fits that bill is one of my small forward options, Andre Iguodala, going against the Spurs at 4,800. Again, we've mentioned that you should not rely on a whole lineup of Warriors and Spurs players. Yeah. Not a good idea. But I really think that the Warriors will try. I think the Spurs will try in their lineups as well. So I think that Andre Iguodala is going to have to play a lot. If they do want to tip their hand, or even if they don't, I guess it doesn't really matter. I think Iguodala's provided a lot for them offensively and defensively, and frankly, he's getting minutes. When we're looking at finding cheaper guys, I'm looking for guys that can play and are going to be playing a lot, and not like just junk time minutes at the end of quarters, but Iguodala does a lot of things for that team and has to be out there. So for 4,800, he's really been the prime beneficiary of that Kevin Durant injury. It's taken a long time to take shape, but I think is the guy that I would like to target for that, and I think he'll probably get closer to 5400 by the time Durant finally does come back for price-wise, but right now I think we need to ride that while we can. My other small forward option we've already talked about before, Robert Covington. He has by far the best matchup of the night. Not necessarily a Marvin Williams lock of the night because he's been higher priced before, but I... I have to have in my lineup, every single lineup. I think that's the way to go tonight. Yeah, Covington can be kind of frustrating with DFS because he's another one of those guys that 
can drop pretty low out of nowhere and fluctuate his numbers a bit, but his ceiling is so much higher than yeah. a lot of the guys that are priced the same. So you, you got to love that. I think he's hit the 50 Fandle point mark play, uh, multiple times this season already. So uh, that's a guy that can fill it up. Um, I'm probably... I think you got on me earlier this season for using Iguodala, Grandpa, Grandpa you, Iguodala. because well, you used four over 40-year-old <laughs> dudes Allen in your lineup at one point. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't that Iguodala was a bad guy. It was that he was just one of 44 people that you used that were over 40. So like, I, I, I teared up after that pod because you, you gave me so much crap. So I won't, I won't yell at you too much about Iguodala. <laughs> You're learning your lessons from me. That's not a good idea. Don't learn anything from me. Um, but otherwise, I'm using Harrison Vines. We talked about him, too. He's only yeah. at 5,400. Got, for a guy that can get 25 points easily, that's a snap of the fingers for him. Yeah, he was easily, I think he was almost 7,000 at one point this season. And yeah. his, his value just, or not value, his, his salary just keeps dropping. Um, he's still getting 35 plus minutes. So double digit shot attempts. Yes, I'm, I'm fully on board with 50. And the Pelicans just yeah. aren't that good defensively, yeah. too. That's going to be a higher scoring game. I love the value. The optimizer suggested that as well. I have a hard time passing it up. And frankly, if I could have uh, found a way to get Dwight Howard in there, which is kind of where our lamps are going to differ, yeah. um, Dwight Howard in there and still had Harrison Barnes, I absolutely would have. Um, you're, and you had mentioned your other small forward is Covington. So Covington, we kind of yep. went that route there. A power forward for my, for me, I have Zach Randolph. Again, we talked about him when we were discussing the Marcus Saul injury. He's an automatic play at my point. Not, not Covington level, not really Dwight Howard level, but, um, I think that you have to have Randolph in there at 5,600. My concern that I had here with my lamp was I have Serge Ibaka in there at 5,700 and there are at least five or six guys at that power forward spot, all priced right around the same thing. Randolph jumps up the page because of his new his new situation. The other guys are kind of like, eh, I, I, I don't know, you know. And when it comes to the situation, I always just lean towards Ibaka because I kind of have a bit more of a feeling of what I'm going to get from him. Yeah. But now that now that we are going to see more uh, playing, well, less playing time for P.J. Tucker and more playing time for DeMar Carroll, I don't know what we're going to really get out of that Serge Ibaka play. That's tough. Yeah, that's that's actually a really tough one. The funny thing is I'm using one of those other guys you're talking about yeah. too with that 5,700 price. Um, but yeah, I think I think Serge is a fine play at, at, at mid-5,000s. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that can score in, in bunches too. Um, can get blocks. You know, if it's different with, with Valanchunas in there compared to when he was with the mm-hmm. Magic. Um, I think he had more, he was more of a defensive guy with the magic. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, but. like a three and D that they couldn't figure out how to play three or right. D. Yeah, right. uh, basically. Well, here, I'll ask you this because I think it's an important question. Would you rather, straight up, would you rather have Ibaka or Elisova in your lineup tonight? Um, I might still, I still might trend towards, no, that's it's pretty even. No, to me. see, I think it might be Ilyasova. The more we're talking about this, the more I might just put Ilyasova in there. And then, I mean, the you, price break that that's probably why for sure I would do it. If right. I was just if they're evenly priced, it'd be it'd be a tough call for me for sure. But I think because of Ilyasova's price, I, I'd definitely steer towards him. Yeah, I think I'm gonna hop off this podcast and this change it up right away uh, and put Ilyasova in there. I'll tweet out what my lineup ends up being with that Ilyasova change because the more we've talked about it and the 76ers and everything else, the fact that Ilyasova priced at 4800, that's tough to ignore um and obviously you didn't ignore that because he's in your lineup right right yeah i do have Ilya silva and then the other guy we were talking about that that's kind of in that 57 spot that's a little sketchy the, uh, yeah <laughs> enos Cantor. i'm going Cantor. he's another guy that's pretty inconsistent but he's able to put up some pretty solid numbers when he when he gets to the minutes like for example he had five points five fanduel <laughs> points in the thunder's last game and that's terrifying uh, but the two before that, he had 31 and 41. So, I mean, you know, despite the risk of a clunker, he is, he's still proven. Like, he, he can put up points, and that, that's what you're getting, like I said, with those mid-5,000 type of players. I, I think that's a fine price for, for him. We know who my center is going to be in my lineup tonight. Uh, Dwight Howard, 7,200 against the 76ers. That's about as easy money as you can get for the center spot. Who do you have at your center play? Yeah, so I'm going Steven Adams, another cheaper guy for me, 4,800. He's not a guy that you love using all the time, but uh, you know because of his struggles on the offensive side of the ball. But the fact that he's matched up with the Magic doesn't really worry me too much. I think that's that's going to be a fine fine pick there. In the last five, I think the Magic have given up the six most points to centers. So so despite being cheap, I think Adams has plenty of upside against one of those weaker defenses. Would you have tried to get Dwight Howard in your lineup if if possible? I was looking at actually both Dwight Howard and Al Horford. They're both priced at seventy two hundred, um, so I think both of those guys I, I definitely considered and was trying to trying to fit in there. But in the end, centers always some the position where I end up 
usually kind of falling off and, and paying less for. Um, so that that's kind of what I had to do in this in this. Now, be honest, is that because you're just going down the line and putting in positions, and then naturally <laughs> you have to fill it out? No, it's just because it's like there's <laughs> one of them rather than like two for each position. I, I feel like there's a lot more value usually at center. I do too, and I think it's always an interesting strategy. Is what do you? Who's your one guy? Everything else is two positions. Who's your one guy at center? So I also end up having it to be more of a last, uh, last kind of thing when I'm putting together. That being said. Again, I had Covington number one in my lineup, and I had Dwight Howard number two in my lineup, and I filled everything else out based off of that. Those two guys, I feel really strong about getting good numbers tonight. Yeah, completely agree. That that's probably pretty solid. And for me, that's probably with Ilya Silva. Um, he, he's my my go to there, and and maybe maybe I think I could agree on Covington. Covington's pretty pretty safe. I think. Yeah. Well, I guess that does it for us in the Wednesday NBA DFS slate. I will not be back next week. We're still waiting word who will be hosting with you. I don't even know if we'll be doing a Monday podcast because there's I think, two games. I think there might even just be one. I think I was yeah, looking. One game on Monday yeah. next week? Yeah. So I I don't think we'll be doing a Monday podcast. Sorry, longtime listeners. That's going to be a, a tough day for you. Yeah, However, I know we'll be back again Wednesday. I don't know if it'll be me in here or if it'll be somebody else doing this with you. Maybe it ends up being the Mr. Sick AJ uh, Scholes that does this <laughs> no with chance. you. He suggested that he would do an NBA no podcast way. with you in the past. I think uh, he would just it'd be a coughing battle between you two. Well, hopefully by that time, I'm I'm powered up yeah. <laughs> and ready you're, to go. You're all ready to go. <laughs> no, I know you on the weekends. There's no way you're gonna be healthy yet. <laughs> doesn't no. doesn't the booze uh, kill the germs? Yeah, that's right. That's what that's what the doctors back, always say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, yeah. So you could follow me at JB Fantasy Sports Ben. Where can the people follow you at? You can give me at Ben Man Doing Work. That's still the best Twitter handle at RotoWire. But if you want to find another good Twitter handle, go ahead and follow AJ Scholes. That's at A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-24. He's great for your DFS hockey news and notes. Uh, and really, if you wanted to see any more cute dog pictures, he's also really good at those, too. <laughs> I figured we'd just give him a shout-out since we were begging we, out of Yeah, we, we did give him a hard time, so it was necessary. <laughs> he has no way to defend himself, so I thought we'd just throw <laughs> that He's not even here. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, we'll catch you again, what, maybe in two weeks, then, it sounds like. Maybe. Probably Wednesday. I bet you will be on Wednesday. Right. Well, I won't be. I'll, just oh, yeah, be listen- you. I'll be listening in my cozy D.C. vacation because I won't be sick from you peasants. Well, you better hold your breath for the next five minutes. <laughs> <gonna> try to. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys then. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.